This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, great to have George Blackard in the house with us here on this Freedom Friday. Yeah, George, it was great. You know, th- first off, thanks for filling in uh, on a, a few Fridays uh, for us here as the official guest host on this show. It's always great to have you here in the 7 o'clock hour for Freedom Friday, but even better when you can be here for the full four hours of the show. I was listening to you and David one Friday as well uh, while I was driving my daughter to school, and, man, you had a great line, and I meant to pull over so I could tweet out the line, because uh, I knew I'd forget, you know, <laughs> five minutes later, and and I'm like, oh, dang it! I wish I would have tweeted that out because now I I totally forget what you even said that. Day. I'm sure I forgot what it was five minutes after I said it. It Aaron. was brilliant, so, though. Yeah. Let me tell you that. You know, I can't remember what you said, but but, but dang it, it was brilliant. Well, <laughs> well, we I sure enjoyed uh, filling in for you. I always do. It's a great time, and you know, the listeners of this show. Uh, make it a lot of fun. One of those days, Aaron, we got so many phone calls. It was, it was great. Another day, we got tons of messages on the Montana Talks app, and th- that really makes it fun when people participate and get in there. And, and that that's the best part of the show is the phone calls and and the interaction and the the surprises and and the things that you can't plan because you know we'll get big guests on the show because i think even when you were on the show i think you know you, you had i can't remember did a congressman drop in or did oh, somebody should, uh, somebody dropped in who knows but yeah, yeah i was talking smack on uh, <laughs> on congress one day and one of our representatives called into the show there you I was go like, there you go folks yeah. yeah so but but you know we can have like i had mark lauder who was a former special assistant to president trump on the show yesterday and great insight and it's good content and good information but still like nothing compares to the the phone calls we get from folks all across montana and then do you find this as you're cruising around town or cruising around the state that people will come up to you? Because now they, they, they see you through the app. They'll see your picture. And so it used to be you you could be in, in radio and kind of be anonymous because people didn't know what you look like. Now it, it's amazing how many people are like, hey, I love your show. Keep keep, keep it up. Well, it is. And, and it's fun when people come up and talk to you. But I think uh, I'll, I'll see people kind of looking at me if, I, if I'm talking to someone and they'll say, how, what, how, do I know you? How do, oh, the radio, your voice. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. They'll just sit there and listen to me talk, and I can tell they're. Well, that's because you got that smooth soul brother from Kansas uh, kind of <laughs> sound to you. That's why. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's uh, that could be good and could be bad. I tell you what, one of the funnest, greatest things that happened to me ever. Uh, talking about this type of thing, I was in the grocery store back when I worked for the Billings Bulls when I first moved to town, and I'm walking down this aisle and I turn and I see this kid come walking down the aisle look at me and he just stood there and stared at me and i looked at him and i thought what's wrong with this kid <laughs> you know he thought you were brad Pitt. that's well, what it was yeah. so i looked at him and it dawned on me i said are you a hockey fan and he shakes his head up and down <laughs> you know that's that's where he'd seen me was at the hockey games you know on well, the you, ice. you so. know it's funny when you're a little kid you know the older guys or the guys that run you know i remember doing aau wrestling as a kid and you look at the at the old timers that are running the program those guys are like you know they might as well be nfl uh, all-star football players absolutely they're the biggest deal in your life as a little kid like that so uh, yeah that was you with the billings bulls heck yeah well i got a couple of really good stories to talk about when we come back perfect sounds good we'll hold it there freedom friday here is your montana news Bozeman Police needs your assistance in locating a woman missing since mid-December. Megan Stegman is a 34-year-old Native and African-American, 5 feet 7 inches and 195 pounds. She has curly brown hair and brown eyes. 
Colorate reports that the distinguishing thing to look for is a vehicle, a 1973 tan motorhome with damage to the rear on the driver's side. It has a Washington license plate 187WJY. That's 187WJY. Stedman has a connection to this old motorhome. Billings Police thinks Megan disappeared under suspicious circumstances. Anyone with information on Megan Stedman's location can call Detective King at 406-582-2242. Again, 406-582-2242. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. We'll see more cloudiness today and some snow shower activity developing around the area. Could mix with some rain in the Billings area this afternoon. Otherwise, up to an inch possible in the Bozeman area. Highs from 30 in Bozeman, 43 in Billings. For tonight, turning partly to mostly cloudy. Lows from 11 in Bozeman to 20 in Billings. And then on Saturday, partly sunny to mostly cloudy skies. Highs in the 30s. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Have you been talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide? This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, got some messages that have come in here on our Montana Talks app. I'll share with you real quick before uh, George uh, covers the stories he's got ready for you this morning. Uh, Jay in Billings, uh, in the 6 o'clock hour, I was talking about this phony campaign commercial from Liberal Senator John Tester where he's, he's claiming credit for, uh, for this Hunter's Education stuff. John Tester is the one who voted for the bill that threatened Hunter's safety uh, courses in the schools. And now he has a campaign commercial claiming how he saved Hunter's education in the schools. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Jay and Billings uh, liked the the, uh, the takedown I did on that commercial. He says, a flat top hit with the 12-pound mallet. Well done. I wish Tester would come on the show and have a 9 a.m. town hall with us. Keep asking him. Yeah, good point, Jay. Uh, John Tester is too afraid to come on here and take your phone calls. Paul and Bozeman, where can I find the Tester ad with the Montana Wildlife Federation guy supporting him? Uh, Breitbart.com has the story or an easier way to find it. If you go to my Twitter page, x.com slash Aaron Flint, uh, you'll see the, uh, the, the links and the ad there as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, George, looks like you've got something you wanted to say about that. I don't know. Were you uh, listening in a little bit on the 6 o'clock hour? I was. I was. And, you know, here's the thing. So that's what John Tester does is he'll vote against something like that. Uh, and then he'll turn around and pretend that he didn't do that. In this case, you know, he's the hero, right? Because he fabricates this lie and, and tries to – he counts on everyone forgetting what he really did. And and it's just like the last election. He had 13 bills, I think it was. I had 13 bills. He didn't write any of those bills, maybe one of them. I went and looked him up. He just signed on as a as a supporter of the bill. But yet he called it his bill. That's what he does. So I encourage all of my veteran brothers and sisters to vote against this guy this year because – he really isn't the big supporter of veterans that he proclaims to be. And he's destroying this country with the wide open southern borders and the inflation and the disastrous foreign policy and so much more. Uh, in some lighter news, uh, one of our listeners in Boulder, Montana, you know, the, the Montana Grizzlies are, are playing in the national championship game in Frisco, Texas. They're playing the South Dakota State Jackrabbits on Sunday. And uh, uh, let's see, code name Montana Biker in Boulder says, go Jackrabbits. <laughs> the, the liberal arts school did good. 
good, but South Dakota has their number. Yeah. I'll tell you what, South Dakota is, they're tough, they're strong. But the Bobcats nearly beat South Dakota on their home turf earlier in the season. So who knows? I uh, don't know. But, hey, if you're a communist, you get into that game for free. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking for nobody. I don't have any friends The there, Bacchus Institute is, is funding tickets. Exactly. For, yeah, I wonder if Max Bacchus will be there with all of his Chinese business know. connections. Probably. You know, yeah. Uh, Randy and Bozeman. Uh, with the surge of illegal aliens coming to America under Biden's watch, it brings me back to Chuck Norris's 1985 movie, Invasion USA. Maybe we need to pull Chuck out of retirement to stop it. Do you remember that movie, uh, Chuck Norris, Invasion USA, oh, 1985? Yeah. Sure. You were, I think you, I saw it in the movie theater. I was going to say, you probably did. Probably had yeah, your, back then, Chuck Norris, man, and Charles Bronson, those two, they tore it up. You the had years. your box of dots and your popcorn in hand, everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> that that was uh, they were the '80s action heroes. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, you got a couple stories you wanted well, to share with us here on this Freedom Friday. I do. I'm gonna. And neither one of them are. are uh, I said good stories. Well, they're not good stories. They're bad, but they're good to talk about. So, <clears throat> in the first one, there is a this is from Military.com. Uh, denied care deaths in Japan result from lack of emergency medical services for American personnel. So the emergency services uh, in hospitals in Japan wasn't really established until 2010, apparently. So think about that. This is a modern country, but their emergency uh, services weren't operational really until 2010 so what that means is there's a lack of doctors and hospitals and a lack around the clock and there's a lack of emergency room uh, preparedness and staffing so over there you know we have bases uh, marine corps base navy base and there was uh, in the last two years 24 americans uh, have been turned away from japanese hospitals when they were having a health emergency health crisis in one case a seven-year-old girl, she fell off an escalator and fell 50 feet, and she survived. She was talking, sitting up. They dispatched a Japanese doctor there to look at her. He provided improper care and actually made things worse. They took her around to multiple hospitals trying to find somebody that would take her in, and she ended up dying from Injuries, she probably would have survived. Wow. And this is an American got, girl. This is an American girl, dependent, somebody's seven-year-old daughter. So yeah. military service member's family. Or, yes, or, yeah. exactly. Wow. And oh. so then there was another guy. He was a Defense Department contractor. He, he had a heart attack. He was turned down at 10 hospitals. They're, they have him in an ambulance trying to find the hospital. 10 different hospitals turning down. Finally, the 11th said, we'll take him, and he died before they could get there. Wow. So it makes you wonder... What the hell is the military doing, and what about the hospitals on the basis, right? Well, in our embassy, too, because, I mean, so whenever we go anywhere, right, uh, whenever we've gone places, um, now, the, the special forces are, are really good at this with their special forces medics uh, who, you know, who do, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, yeah, man, you just had one special forces medic on hand there. You probably could have really helped out in these situations. Well, but, but, but yeah, like you and I were talking about, okay, we get it. If So the, the U.S. Embassy would, would should have an in-depth hospital analysis. The military should have a hospital analysis to determine shortfalls and capabilities. So like you and I were talking, okay, if, if the host nation doesn't have the capability, 
we have the capability somewhere. Why not bring it uh, to the island so that it's there for American personnel, right? Uh, no, that's a crazy story, uh, George. And it's so easy for those families to be forgotten while they're overseas. So let's let's talk more right after this. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. Weather forecasters are predicting winter weather finally on its way over the next few days. But what does the actual situation look like out in the countryside? USVA meteorologist Brad Rippey shares the latest hay and cattle and drought coverage per the U.S. Drought Monitor. Hay production areas in drought. We still see grass growth in the winter in the deep south, but most areas the grass is dormant this time of year. That said, we see 33%, just about one-third of the U.S. hay production area in drought on January 2nd. That is down slightly from five weeks ago. 36% was the number at that point, and we did see an autumn peak of 42%. So just like winter wheat, some of our significant hay production areas are seeing improvement as we move through the cool season. That that certainly bodes well for spring as temperatures come up. We could see good grass growth in those areas that have seen improvement. Our U.S. cattle inventory in drought, and just like all the other things we're looking at, we are seeing modest improvement in those numbers as we head into this El Nino winter. The current number, 35% of the U.S. cattle inventory is in drought, down from 37% five weeks ago, also down from that autumn peak of 47%. Yesterday, the National Weather Service said colder air is anticipated to move across Montana in the next week. Highs could be as cold as the single digits below zero in the north. The low teens in the south overnight lows will range from 10 to 20 degrees below zero. I'm Lane Northline. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Montana is talking here. All right. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, I was cutting off the announcer guy there again. So excited to talk with our friend George Blackett. That'll happen. <laughs> we, we get a little excited around here. Yeah. Uh, well, we got some we got some uh, lighter stuff in the news and some some heavier uh, stuff in the news that we that we want to get to here uh, this Freedom Friday as well. But but George, yeah, back to this important well, story. I'm fired up today, Aaron. I Good. think everybody should know about this stuff. So yeah, in Japan, if you're a service member, a civilian contractor, defense department employee um you can't expect to get critical care while you're there uh and there's a lot of things so you know this guy had a heart attack 10 hospitals turned him down the 11th finally said they'd take him he died the seven-year-old girl that fell 50 feet they wouldn't take her at any of the hospitals either they ended up taking her to a navy base and treated her there and the the interesting thing was it was nine minutes from the place she was when she fell but they took her all over the place trying to find a japanese hospital to treat her emergency care emergency treatment. care right yeah. well and then the facility they took her to on the navy base the hospital they put her in the icu so they have an icu but they didn't have anybody to take care of her, not the proper doctor. So the doctor that was on call there called a doctor in San Diego, kind of did a telehealth thing and yeah, at least and tried to do something. Tried to do something. Yeah. Can you imagine being that person, being put in that position? Uh, that would be terrible. But it's different in Japan. So apparently they don't have 911 like we do. There's no expectation that an ambulance is going to come pick you up and take you to a hospital. There's no expectation that the hospital is even going to have an emergency room doctor that can care for you. So things are a lot different. And I'm not blaming this on the Japanese. I'm blaming this on the damn military commanders 
that run these bases. We have so many doctors, physicians, surgeons, everything PAs, in the military. Medics. Why yeah. wouldn't they have a fully staffed hospital there for all the people? I mean, there's tens of thousands of Americans on these bases over there. Why wouldn't they be prepared for anything? Have your own. Yeah, you know. It's it's almost like God. Oh, you'd have been better off being uh, in Iraq or something like that. Oh yeah, they got surgeons over there. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like it, re it reminds me of what you know. We we got a, a surprise phone call from uh, from Tim Sheehy, the Republican U.S. Senate candidate, the other day, and and you know he he made a point because you know he's been very successful with the businesses that he started in in the Bozeman area, and so you know, so so they gave you know a generous contribution to Billings Clinic so that Billings Clinic could set up this level one trauma facility. And the point that he made is he says, he says, you know, I, I realized when we, when we started these, these businesses in Bozeman that I was closer to a level one trauma facility in Afghanistan than I was in Bozeman. And so, so you know, we, we think about even overseas and then, you know, we look at, at, at some shortfalls that we might even have capabilities-wise back here in our neck of the woods. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing. If you want government-run health care, well, here you go. Take a look. And that's what it is. And it's not just here. But in Japan, their culture apparently is different, too. And they don't believe in heroic measures to save your life talks about that and this and so go to military.com and you can read this story but here's the other thing that that gets me is here the assistant secretary of defense for health affairs dr lester martinez lopez he says uh military services are keenly focused on primary specialty and emergency care in japan and the assessments are ongoing this has been going on for years how long does it take it doesn't take a scientist to realize that hey we need doctors. Well, and it, it just it just reminds me once again of you know, you go on some of these bases, you go on some of these installations. I'm, I remember being in Kandahar and getting hassled. Where's your reflector belt? And it's like there's a freaking Pizza Hut and a Ruby Tuesdays over here. And I, I'm like, where were all you people when I was on a mountainside in eastern Afghanistan? We could have used a little bit more uh, more backup. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> like absolutely, I, absolutely. Night, well, you know? you know, and if John Tester's such this big supporter of veterans and our military. Why isn't he done anything about this, right? I think he's on the Military Construction Subcommittee on Appropriations. This uh, sounds like uh, something, you know, building a hospital to support our troops and their families overseas might be something that might fall into that category. Hey, I don't might know. be, might be. But, you know, hey, it's, uh, it's not important until it is to them. And, you know, that's the way it is. But so you've got that. But here's something, too, that is interesting. So there we can't get anybody to do anything. Over here on this story, new Arctic pay for troops was passed by Congress a year ago, but the Pentagon waved it off. So here, <laughs> Congress says, hey, we want to pay our troops in Alaska and the Arctic Circle, and that we want to pay them extra money. Uh, and really, the reason for this was because there was a increase in suicides in these cold weather environments. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. it's lonely probably, sure. a little depressing, it's well, cold. a couple of things here. Um, one, throwing money at that's not going to fix that problem. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't know but how. It <laughs> well, but it helps. No, it yeah, doesn't yeah. help. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And that, that's the point. And, and 
Congress, for a morale booster, at least, to say, hey, we want to do something extra to, 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 to show, you know, that you guys are sacrificing being out here. Yeah, know, mate, well, yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. when we go back. Yeah. No, but this, so, this is, isn't this interesting? So, Congress says, you will give extra pay to these troops that are stationed in, in these remote areas. The Pentagon says, nah, nah. I guess they don't have to listen to Congress. News. I'm Chris Foster. It's a stronger December jobs report than most economists expected. More resilience in the job market. The Labor Department says there were 216,000 new jobs created last month, more than expected. The unemployment rate held steady at 3.7%. The forecast was for 170,000 new jobs, with the unemployment rate slightly higher at 3.8%. Fox's Jenny Casola. A third batch of unsealed documents is expected today from a 2015 lawsuit against Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking accomplice, Glenn Maxwell. Fox's Brooke Singman. One of the biggest things we learned in last night's release is the claim about Bill Clinton. Epstein accuser Virginia Joffrey says the former president, quote, walked into Vanity Fair and threatened them not to write sex trafficking articles about his good friend. Well, former Vanity Fair editor Graydon Carter says that categorically did not happen. America's listening to Fox News. All right, back to it here with George Blackard, Freedom Friday. By the way, uh, taking your phone calls as well. If you want to jump in on the conversation, 406-294-0970. Or you can message us on the Montana Talks app. Or, heck, if you forget the phone number, with the app, there's a little call button. You can press that button, and it'll connect you right with our studios here. Know that? Yeah, well, pretty cool. Isn't learn it? something every day. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's great. So you know, or if you just want to call Travis, if you just need a friend, you know, you can press that little call button and call Travis. And oh, yeah. He's a nice guy. You know? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you know, just don't talk to him too long because he's pretty busy. You know, that's right. I'd like to hear from some of these troops up in Alaska in the Arctic Circle. Call the show and tell us, you know, how they like their hundred and fifty dollars extra pay they get. So that's... there could be somebody listening. So we had a we had a, a soldier call in from Kuwait one time when the aviation battalion was over in the middle east the mechanics would sit there working on their helicopters and they would listen to the show on the montana talks app from the middle east that was incredible you just never know who's listening we had the guy i don't know if you heard this this one day were you here with us was it a freedom friday south carolina or florida yeah it was florida Florida. you were here because you and i were talking about um about veteran suicide and and things and this guy called in he was on his morning run in tampa florida so, you know, there's there's McDill Air Force Base, CENTCOM, SOCOM, you know, some incredible right. uh, troops there in Tampa, Florida. This guy's on his morning run doing PT, listening to our conversation, calls in. It was an incredible phone call. There you go. It was. I remember him. And then there was the guy in South Carolina, too. So we've had several service members call, and, and it's great. I, I yeah, you that. just never know who's listening. Because you're really worldwide, Aaron. But well, you are. Yeah, you're yeah. global. Well, we all are uh, anymore. But, uh, but, but, yeah, but back to the story you're talking about. So, so Congress says, hey, Pentagon, you will pay these troops this incentive pay. Yeah, so Pentagon says, nah. Nah, we're not going to do it. I, I guess every federal agency now just to gets, gets to ignore congressional laws. Yeah, well, not only does our president not know what the three branches of government are and what their responsibilities and duties are, apparently uh, nobody in uh, the Pentagon knows this either. But So uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski is the one who wrote this legislation, and she included it and the National Defense Authorization Act, the 2023 version of it. Um, and it, it doesn't say how much this increase was going to be, but the Pentagon said, you know, we already pay them $150 to serve in those cold weather climates per month, so uh, we're not going to increase that. They don't need it. 
And so, can you even buy a loaf of bread under the Biden tester inflation for the hundred and fifty dollars a month right now? I'm betting it's pretty hard to spend one hundred and fifty bucks in the Arctic Circle. But oh, you know, your family back home could sure use it. Well, they will be. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, you're getting deployed again? I got some new outdoor furniture. Hey, yes, before sir. you're deployed, don't give your girlfriend your debit card. <laughs> you know, just don't do it. <laughs> but if you're married, your wife. don't worry about it. Let your wife do. You know That's what? That's right. She's sacrificing enough. You let her Absolutely. buy whatever she wants to buy because. Man, she's got a harder job back home than you do overseas. That's I right. can attest to that one. So, Amen. Uh, all right. Uh, well, man, music's already rolling here. This is well, crazy. Well, we'll finish up with this one when we get back, and then we'll go on to a happy story. Uh, like a good sailor, George is going to put a bow on this story for us. There you go. Package it up nicely <laughs> right after this, and then we'll get to some other stuff. Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. The old adage, cash is king, no longer seems to ring true as phones take on more of the work of wallets and people rethink how much they still need to carry in cash. Four in ten Americans say none of their purchases in a typical week are paid for using cash, according to a survey from the Pew Research Center. Still, those who do carry cash, on average, it's about 67 bucks as of 2021. And if you still like to carry cash, how much should you keep even for emergencies? The Wall Street Journal spoke to financial advisors, executives, and security experts for advice on the best approach. One advisor recommends $30 just to cover small transactions, while many add that paying in cash might help curb overspending, since the emotional impact of spending with bills is greater than paying with a phone or credit card. And if you want to forego cash altogether, financial advisors say you should leave home with no more than two or three credit cards. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Well, it's the story about the dirty laundry in the basement of the Lincoln Center in downtown Billings. Oh, hey, I thought that was kind of a catchy headline. But no, actually, this is a pretty interesting story. So we had a caller call into the radio show and say, hey, did you hear what they're doing with the washer and dryer in the basement of the Lincoln Center? I got the full story for you. Actually, pretty interesting. Uh, it doesn't involve migrants, apparently, but it does involve homeless teenagers. Check out that full story. Go to MontanaTalks.com. This is where Montana talks. How can these people, even in the midst of this decline, even in the midst of the challenges facing in the country, even in the midst of a spy balloon hovering over your heads, you still, so many of you, cannot put your love of country over your hatred of Donald Trump? It begs the question, do some of these folks even love this country? Or have they been so taught over the years the anti-American garbage that they believe it and they want to change the country into something else? i tell you what, we're in very serious times, folks. This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, back to Joe's going or George is going to put a bow on this uh, story for us here, and then we'll get to some other topics of the day. And if you want to jump in on the conversation, give us a ring four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy. Yeah, so there is a civilian command of the military, and when Congress tells the Pentagon, gives them a lawful order. I guess the Pentagon can just say, nah, we're not going to follow that lawful order. Apparently. So I guess if the people under the command of the Pentagon just say, no, Pentagon, ah, we just don't want to follow your lawful orders, uh, it's all good. That wouldn't fly. <laughs> nah, you know that wouldn't fly. But, you know, it's it's crazy. So the Pentagon is ignoring Congress. They're ignoring law that was passed. Uh, the Pentagon thinks, you know, $150 a month to live in the Arctic Circle or 
or uh, the Antarctic or Alaska, you know, uh, is enough. And it's just ridiculous. But the thing that gets me is a couple things. One, somebody in Congress thinks that to lower suicide, you you need to pay these service members more. And I disagree with that. I don't think money's always the answer. Uh, that's right. But two, here's something that's interesting. In November, uh, in, let's see, Alaska, there were only a few airmen that were even getting paid. So they don't pay everybody this $150 a month. They don't. In November, only 109 airmen and 10 guardians were receiving that benefit at the Space Force Station. Okay, so there's more people than 119 people there, right? But only 10 of them get it. In another base, there were three Air Force personnel on the whole base that got paid. So something smells here. There is something else that is uh, messed up. If out of a whole Air Force base, only three people are getting this pay, doesn't make sense. So anyway, just another example of your government doesn't care for you. Your military doesn't care for you either. They don't. And uh, something, I, I, I just, I don't even know where to go except to go back to our president doesn't even know what the branches of government are or which one he's in. So why, why would the Pentagon or Congress know? You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Joe Biden here. Uh, Greg and Billings uh, messaged me this zerohedge.com piece. Uh, Biden hasn't done anything for two weeks. Uh, yeah, for, for like two weeks, he has basically had nothing on his his schedule. All this is he's been facing questions about his basic ability, not just to do the job, but just life in general. So, oh, yeah. uh, so that that's interesting. Uh, interesting piece at zerohedge.com. A couple of stories I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, I wanted to uh, talk about this transgender school shooter in Iowa. We're seeing a dangerous, disturbing trend here. And then on on some lighter uh, news, Mark Cuban. Do you know who Mark Cuban oh, yeah. is? So, uh, Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, he owns yep. the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and he and Elon Musk got into a little Twitter <laughs> spat. And it's actually pretty funny. Uh, so so anyway, uh, we'll get to that one here in just a second. But first, let's go into the phone calls. We've got Ken in Billings on the phone lines. Ken, thanks for the call. You bet. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, if I could get right into it, you're talking about John Kester's ad for the... Uh, uh, well, the, the Hunter's Ed stuff, yeah. Right. Uh, and and last week they were talking about that radical deal they passed in Bozeman about the uh, certain people don't have a right to the land or to have uh, connection to the land. Yeah, it's kind of their uh, it's kind of their diversity, equity, inclusion garbage. Where where these white liberals in Bozeman we're on stolen land. Well, then get the hell off the stolen land, then you know. Okay. Now, I was wondering, they, they, uh, I've seen these ads that are all over. Are you guys aware of the Vital Ground Foundation? And it looks, what that looks like is they're trying to get corridors made. Uh, it looks like it's trying to connect Yellowstone to uh, uh, Glacier Park for wildlife. 
And I didn't know if that had anything to do with this radical thing they're trying to do, but it also looks like it's going to connect. They were they're trying to connect that northern prairie reserve mm. in the Midwest there, down through Big Sandy, it comes out of Canada, and this land they're trying to take. Uh, I uh, deal with that up there uh, with my full-time job, but I won't get into that. But yeah. Anyway, the uh, it's it's www.vitalground.org. Yeah, I'm looking at the website. Check that out. I think they're all connected. Interesting. I wonder what I'd, I'd be interested in getting Carrie White's read on this organization. Yeah, I haven't, haven't heard too much about them yet, but I'm looking at their website now. The Vital Ground Foundation is a land trust that conserves and connects habitat for grizzly bears and other other wildlife. I mean, the the moment I see grizzly bears are written right up in the top front there, it sounds like it sounds like I'm not saying this is the case because I don't know, but it sounds like a you know another radical environmental organization that's trying to boot people off the land. Yeah. And uh, but I'd be interested in Kerry White's because I you know there's also you know you know good uh, hunting organizations like Rocky Mountain Elk and others who who support land conservation and the safari clubs and so you know for wildlife. But 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 then there's then there's other environmental groups that just want to kick people off the land and 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 push predators out there that actually harms uh, wildlife and hunting opportunities right. yeah well in the, uh, the grizzly showed up up there at mosby uh, mysteriously just showed up so i i, I don't know uh, but anyway yeah. it's something to look into no that's that's right you guys can you can keep talking about it and uh yeah, interesting how Chester's going after these uh, conservation organizations. Uh, well, they're all his buddies, all these radical environmental groups. Uh, enough, it's that's who that's who it, John Tester is aligned with. Uh, so, no, thanks for the phone call, Ken. Great to hear from you. Uh, yeah, George, if you want to weigh in here, or um, I could get to a couple other stories here as well. Well, real quick. So, you know, there's a man and his wife that started that organization. They were... Uh, animal trainers so they got this uh you like as a tiger yeah they got this bear from a zoo when it was just born and they raised it and trained it and put it in movies and did all kinds of stuff like that with it and uh then they just decided they wanted to save the whole grizzly population and now they put bears ahead of people and they're trying to. They, this has been around since like 1990. Yeah, actually. Well, that's or why 87. That's why like I'm that. wondering if it's. It, yeah, I'm. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming I've heard about it before, but. But well, here's the deal: is that the grizzly bear population is doing very well right now. There's it no is. reason it should be on the endangered species list. So no. they, they don't need any help. Is the point we're trying to say? Yeah. Uh, you know? Well, for the most part, yeah, you're right. But you know what gets me? All I need to see is a picture of these two: this guy and his wife uh, leaning against this big grizzly bear that they raised from a pup. And uh, just, you know, rolling around, playing with them, thinking that... Uh, it's like the Tiger King, but for grizzly bears. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hate to tell them, but, you know, they're the ones, though, that, that will tell you that, oh, they're, you know, bears are, are not bad and they won't hurt you and blah, 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 whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, that's that's an interesting story for sure. Uh, I, I want to get to this one because I, I said I would do it probably over an hour ago, so I should get to it here at some point. Um, no, it, this is a tra another tragic uh, shooting in Iowa, and uh, and this this news information comes from. I don't know if this has been mentioned in any of the radio reports in the news yet this morning. 
Uh, police have confirmed, this is from the Libs of TikTok account on Twitter. Police confirm the transgender fluid uh, terrorist in Iowa killed one student. A sixth grade student was murdered and five others are injured. Absolutely horrific. Now, the, that, that information may be slightly dated, but... We, we, we can confirm, though, that this, this school shooter in Iowa was a radical transgender uh, uh, person here. Uh, and, and as Libs of TikTok pointed out here, the Colorado Springs shooter, non-binary. The Nashville school, school shooter, transgender. The Aberdeen shooter, trans. The Denver school shooter, trans. Now the Iowa school shooter, trans. Donald Trump Jr. says, per capita, is there a more violent group of people anywhere in the world than radicalized trans activists? Given the tiny fraction of the population that they make up, it does not seem like anyone else even comes close. I, I think that the radical left is fueling a mental health crisis in this country, and it's and it's leading to dangerous, uh, uh, you know, uh, outcomes. Well, it is because you know they seem to feel the left that uh, it doesn't matter what you think you are; you're entitled to believe that, and everybody up. But and that's okay. How I don't care what you believe. You about do your yourself. thing. Yeah, you live your life. But, they think everybody else should acknowledge that, recognize it, and believe it too. And that, and that's where this whole thing gets nutty. You know, during COVID, it was trust the science. But then when it comes to this, you know, XXXY type of stuff, science been around forever. Ignore the science. Yeah, they even have doctors that believe this nonsense. I mean, I don't even want to see a doctor that believes there's more than two genders. Oh, uh, well, yeah. You mean, well, that's because they see dollar signs. They can that's make it. a lot of money chopping these people up and then giving them uh, medications and surgery for the rest of their lives so that's it dollar dollar bills uh y'all on this one that's for sure all right back uh, in just a couple minutes fox news commentary usa boxing will allow biological men to fight women wow i wonder what could go wrong i'm tommy laren more next i'm emily campagno host of the fox true crime podcast in 1989, the bodies of a mother and her two young daughters were found floating in Tampa Bay. The case went cold for years until one woman was brought onto the case. This week, I had the honor of speaking to retired FBI Special Agent Jana Monroe to discuss her incredible career and how she helped catch the killer. Available now on Apple, Spotify, and foxnewspodcast.com. Men are bigger, faster, and stronger than women, and that's just a cold, hard fact. Why, then, would USA Boxing allow men to beat up on women in competition? Well, USA Boxing has released its 2024 rulebook, and it allows for trans women, a.k.a. biological men, to compete against actual women so long as they're over 18 and have fully completed gender reassignment surgery. Trans competitors will also be required to submit to hormone testing and must have testosterone under a certain level to compete against women. And that's all fine and dandy, but regardless of hormone levels, biological men are still bigger, faster, and stronger than women. This is not only a slap in the face to female sports, women's boxing, and the notion of feminism as a whole, it's also quite dangerous. Is this where we are in 2024? Opening doors for women to get hurt in the name of trans inclusion? I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless at Outkick.com. This is the Montana Economic Minute. There are a few greater villains on the economic landscape, it seems, than pharmaceutical companies. When industry gets a nickname like Big Pharma, it's achieved a status right up there with tobacco companies. The stain is not without cause, of course, and drug prices in particular are at the heart of it. Those who call for government to control them get a lot of applause. But there's another side of drug prices, availability. And as we've learned during COVID, the concentration of drug ingredient production that comes from overseas. The surge in demand for some medicines during the pandemic exposed the fact that 97% of antibiotics 
antibiotics, and 83% of the top 100 generic drugs have no active ingredients produced in the U.S. China and India are the main suppliers, and it's for a simple reason. Profit margins are so thin that producers are forced to source their product from the lowest cost locations. The companies who make them are financially unstable, and as we've discovered, disruptions can cause empty shelves. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana. Coming up on Friday's Montana Talks, we should have more time to take more of your phone calls so you can be heard all across Montana. Plus, one thing I should share with you. I caught up with uh, Montana Senator Steve Daines here recently. You know, back when Senator Joe Manchin said that he was not going to run for re-election in West Virginia, Senator Daines predicted it, what, one or two days earlier. I got a chance to ask him why he was so confident with that prediction, and I think you'll find his answer interesting. That and more Friday's Montana Talks statewide, 9 to 10.